With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom. Simply visit www.realitycheck.radio forward slash donate to make a difference today. I've been looking forward to catching up with Dr. Guy Hatchard. Um, in 2024, and um, I didn't have to wait too long. Guy, good to have you back on RCR in 2024. Oh, it was wonderful to be here. Um, Boy, we had some interesting <laughs> interesting chats last year. Crikey. Okay, and this year I don't think it's going to be any different. So let's start with um, some stat stories. Or let, In fact, we're pretty well all stat stories here. We had this in our news the other day, and we've had interviews about um, – this uh, whole thing about um, a drop in the birth rate across the Western world, really, uh, in 2023. But some stats have come out. Um, lowest natural increase, or is it, um, yeah, lowest natural increase in births in, am I right, 80 years? 80 years? Yeah, since 1943. But look, it's a lot worse than that oh. because our population has increased. So uh, this it is the lowest birth rate ever, basically. If you take account for the fact that we have uh, more people and therefore should have higher, um, you know, a higher uh, number of births, then then really we're in trouble. That the, the you know, it's and and you're right. It's eighty years for the natural increase, but and that was it, when the war was on. I'm picking it around that time, so it wasn't. Yeah. Kind yeah. of possible to have babies so much then. Well, there were a lot of men who were somewhere else, basically, I guess. And, um, you know, our, our uh, birth rate is 26% below what would be required to sustain our population. So, okay. So yeah. we're we're actually what what's happening is the sort of character of New Zealand society is changing due to uh, you know people who are moving here. Yeah, we're so immigration is who, happening at what a couple of hundred thousand or more a year. Meantime, yeah. the birth rate here is plummeting. So, so we're kind of slowly, <laughs> I hate to use this word, being overrun. We're, well, we're bit, we're morphing into something else. I okay, guess. better way. Uh, you. you can put it like that. Um, it, it's uh, it, you know it's um, canary in the coal mine stuff because this is so low and you're you're right that it, it's been gradually declining and it is throughout the whole Western world and there are a lot of reasons for that um, I, I guess that lower sperm counts and um, y- y- you know well, well let's go through a few because I had a guy on who written a book and made a TV documentary about the subject last year. And um, and maybe the name will come to me in, in just a moment. But uh, this has been a long-term trend, and it's really been the way that um, it's been dictated by the evolution of feminism, I guess, third wave into fourth wave, delaying, um, well, taking on partners for career um, uh, goals and then leaving it too late, not finding a partner in time and kind of getting into a no-man's or no-woman's land um, of age that, that means that, you're far less likely to have have babies. So there's that, and that's been going for all this time. Also, I guess there have been societal changes. I hear a lot of young people, well, not a lot, but some young people say it's sort of not, um, it's negligent almost to bring a child into this climate crisis. Who would do that? So there's that at work. Um, And uh, then explain the last few years. 
Well, you know, the the drop this year was 6%. You have to ask yourself, are, are, um, uh, do I, have our preferences uh, changed by 6% in the course of a year? Of course they haven't. This is a precipitous drop. We're dropping off the edge of a cliff now. And uh, this is occurring in uh, highly vaccinated countries around the world. And you, you've got to ask, is there an association here? I mean, there you, are reasons to suppose that it is. So you think, yeah, there is. Yeah, well, it, it's not being investigated. All these things are being ignored. You know, I, I, why is no one jumping up and down? Why are people coming up with spurious uh, ideas that are simply not true and not supportable by evidence? You, you know, a lot of people talk about things, but they don't uh, necessarily produce any evidence. They have sort of ideas but here we have something happening very rapidly that that is sufficiently different from what's happened in the past and you know no one's saying anything and it's at times with well you know what <laughs> yes <laughs> doesn't it but we can mention vaccination on RCI, you see. They may not be able to on YouTube because they'll be kicked off, but we can actually talk <laughs> about it, which is a jolly good thing. Yeah, yeah, but uh, it's pretty obvious, isn't it? Is that connection of timing, which sends off the Well, line. it is the primary, uh, primary determinant of causality. It doesn't matter how much Ashley Bloomfield and his successors tell us that uh, – that timing doesn't equal causality. It is and always has been the primary determinant of causality. And it's a it's an obvious question that you have to answer and ask. And the fact that you can't ask it on certain uh, channels that the government seems to have got a handle on it, uh, you know, controlling in some way, then, uh, you know, that, that speaks volumes, doesn't it? So are we talking about, yeah, um, the inability to get pregnant or, you know, getting a pregnancy going, establishing one, whatever the word is, um, getting pregnant and it failing at some point. I mean, how how is this? Well, is this that, there is evidence that uh, there is uh, an increased rate of miscarriage. Uh, we, we saw evidence for that last year. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's it's something that requires research. Yeah, this is why we're like you feel like you're sort of grasping around, but that's exactly the point. Yeah, yeah. The point is that why is why aren't people researching this? The government have the the data to do this kind of research. They have the money to do research. They're, they're supposed to uh, protect public health. If you look at the 1956 uh, Health Act, the, the fundamental purpose of the health service is to protect and promote health. Yeah. And uh, this is, you know, if, if birth rate has it, falling off a cliff, that's the job of the health department to do some investigation. And, you know, across a whole range of um, uh, situations, they're just simply refusing to investigate. Now, why would you refuse to investigate that, do you think? Well, I mean, it, it, I think it's even worse than that. Uh, this is a uh, OIA request um, that really kind of <laughs> amazed me. Uh, it's just come out. And uh, this is the wording from the Ministry of Health. 
And the question is about excess deaths. And uh, this one says, this is HNZ 00013886. And the paragraph says, to provide some context, those who have been vaccinated or had boosters are more likely to have high all-cause mortality than those who did not. So uh, right, okay. So very just processing that. Just processing that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, very that, straightforward. Did they misprint something there? That's sort of kind no, of no, no. This is absolutely uh, a full-on admittance uh, uh, that the vaccinated have a higher death rate. Isn't that, that game up? up? Isn't that just the game's up on that alone? Isn't it? Well, I mean, the <laughs> you'd think so, wouldn't you? And then it goes on, therefore, vaccination will likely be misinterpreted as being associated with an increased risk of death. So that, you know, that's a not Wait on, you can't make that comment like that, uh, as if you already know. Yeah. And what you've just and, mentioned um, <laughs> cancels it out. Yeah, well, uh, the, the, the yeah, when you look into it, I mean, basically... What they're saying here, well, because they go on to say there should be a regression analysis to sort out what's going on, but then they say they don't really have time to do that regression analysis, but they're, they're absolutely confident that the vaccine is safe. But when you look at the underlying assumption here, what they're saying is the 87% of the population who have been vaccinated are inherently sicker and more frail <laughs> <laughs> than and more subject to you know mortality than the thirteen percent who haven't been vaccinated. So right. they're making that fundamental assumption. Well, so they go to eighty-seven percent. So they're, they're they're giving us the figure now too. Was it because I thought it was ninety? Yeah. They, well, they, they they've given us a lot of uh, data, and uh, well, the, the, the data's pretty much damning. That they clearly have found out that the vaccinated are dying more frequently at a greater rate. So what we need to know is, is is what are the demographics of that, right? So uh, if you wanted to dance around that, you could say, well, that figure includes a lot of elderly people and they were kind of on their last legs anyway, so that skews that. Um, no, no, yeah, you're right. But even this uh, paragraph actually rules out the effect of ageing. Oh. It, it basically the only leg that they're trying to stand on is that people who get vaccinated are sick people, <laughs> which which doesn't make any sense because yeah, well, how do they even know that? You know, so yeah, yeah, they they don't know that. And in any case, they're not taking a small subset of the population. It's eighty seven percent of the population. Um, so it, it and then you know they're they're saying things like vaccination is safe and effective and everyone should keep up to date with their vaccines to protect themselves, their whanau and their communities. There is no evidence that vaccination is responsible for excess mortality. And that's in the, you know, as I say, where they're refusing to actually conduct the research. So they're saying there's no evidence because they haven't looked. Well, yeah, and they're refusing to look, which yeah. is extraordinary. But at the same time, they did release what we've been asking for for ages, which is data comparing the mortality outcomes of the vaxxed with the unvaxxed. So it's a big spreadsheet that came out. It came out on February 15th. 
we've we've just had it a few days, but we've been able to do some uh, analysis with some other highly qualified statisticians. And what's quite clear is that the unvaccinated mortality rate is very stable. And the excess deaths are coming almost entirely in the vaccinated cohort. I don't know how long you can go on with this then before something really gives, because if that's the case, people are experiencing this in their everyday lives, are seeing it right in front of their faces. Yeah. Yeah, well, there must be. Yeah, they are, definitely. I mean, I get letters all the time about this. It's it's kind of odd, isn't it? Because uh, you know, I was just reading a thriller written by Ian Rankin in which some, you know, medical company was doing something. And and in this thriller, the the idea was that as, as soon as the information came out into the public domain, then the game would be up. Yeah, but the, but the thing here is that the information is coming out into the public domain, and the game the game's not up because it seems to me that the press have this uh, overriding need to rely on the income that they get from their advertisers, and they they absolutely can't print this. I mean, that's the only explanation that makes sense. But it's the biggest story out there. Uh, well, it is, isn't it? By yeah. by a long shot. And and look, is it the right method? Why why are we still getting papers out being published? There was one published just the other day saying we did fantastically here in New Zealand. We had such a great COVID response, and we say there was a paper out written by because they're narcissistic fools. That's why. Plank, you know this modeler, the the modeler, and and a few of his colleagues wrote a paper which was just published, and in the journal Vaccines, and it said that our our strategy saved 6,600 lives and saved 74,000 hospitalizations. Well, how can they say all that? Well, again, it turns out that the underlying assumption of the paper is that the vaccine is safe. So they never even considered to look at the difference between the outcomes for the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. So they didn't even go there. They just sort of went. Oh, so they've got done a statistical model that says, assuming it's safe, this is probably how it would have gone. Yeah, well, that's kind of what's happened. And and, and look, pre-pandemic, the you you can find papers. It's really easy to find them. The yeah. basic uh, measure of whether a drug or a vaccine is safe is that you have to look at all-cause mortality. You can't look at disease-specific mort- mortality. You can't look at the, as they're doing, just uh, statistics about COVID. You have to look at the whole population, and that's what long-term drug trials do, yeah. and that's what we didn't have with COVID vaccines. There were no long-term trials, so now we can do them, and uh, we we already know from this release data what the answer is. Deaths are going up, and they're going up in the vaccinated. So why aren't people tearing their hair out, doing a mea culpa, apologizing to the population, telling them to stop having the jabs? Who knows why? Because um, you'd want to get ahead of it, wouldn't you? (laughs) Ahead of what? Ahead of the deaths. I mean, the thing is, if there's one murder, the police, you know, will leave no stone unturned to find uh, who who was responsible. Exactly. But if millions of people die... 
then you can just get away with it, especially if it's sort of heralded with trumpets and... and uh, well, NZ DSOS went to the cops and they weren't interested. Yeah, I mean, you can get away with you can get away with anything as long as it's on a big scale, and and yeah. that's it. well, Ed Ed Dowd, you know the stats guy, he was on the show, and yeah. he said, I remember him saying, he said, you got to remember, like, and he cited the Enron case. He says criminals will lie right up to they have their handcuffs put on them. Yeah. So well, yes, they will. I I, we, I I mean, are we are we dealing with? sort of criminality in an ordinary sense here or are well, no, we but but, but you, sort of you double down thing? you lie you you do everything you can to try and avoid the landmine that you inevitably are going to step on and it's going to blow you up we well uh, more statistics of course we we just got the all-cause mortality for the year and it, it's about the same as last year so we're up 10 percent if you account for population if you don't account for the population rise we're up 20 percent and we join uh all the highly vaccinated countries you, you know what are the other countries that because yeah, there's support? another commonality there so that adds another yeah that that okay. lessens the odds of it being random or yeah, we're our company. What what sort of company do we keep here with that with our excess deaths? Canada, USA, UK, Australia, New Zealand, Denmark, Finland, Germany, Ireland, Japan, Netherlands, South Korea, Taiwan, and and who aren't we keeping company with? What Bulgaria, Romania, Hungary? Uh, these the former companies. countries ruled by to totalitarian. Yeah, yeah, and they they had very low vaccination rates, and their their excess deaths are about down to normal. So it wasn't um, COVID. We had in our news yesterday um, St John uh, struggling to raise funds, but one of the things that was mentioned in that story was staff absences. And I just wonder again: is my little brain ticking over here because they've been struggling the uh, emergency and hospital system? That'll be vaxxed, wouldn't they? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure they would. I mean, that's not normal. Well, to I, was, uh, I was in hospital over Christmas and, um, yeah, having an operation. And, uh, you know, my operation was postponed because the surgeon had COVID. And, right. okay. <laughs> and, and, yeah. and I, while I was there, I was there for quite a while. I spoke to uh, a, a, a couple of uh, senior nurses who had responsibility for activities all over the hospitals. I was in two hospitals, uh, and and they they both said the same thing. We don't know what's going on. They're overwhelmed, but no one is telling them how it's how it all is panning out by uh, by disease category by. Oh, age. so that's not talked about. No, in no, the it's corridors. Not. You mm. you. You, there's an inf You know, it must come from the administrative level that there there's a cap on any discussion of this talk sort. And it, you know, you're probably aware of the fact that the Employment Relations Authority issued an order at, on the first of December at prohibiting any discussion of vaccine of Ministry of Health vaccination data. So, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, there's a lot been going on over Christmas. It wasn't what we were promised, uh, you know, leading up to the election. Uh, we're, yeah. we're, we've got the, the rogue operators continuing um, 
to you know keep their heads in the sand and and look and I, I really appreciate the Health New Zealand staff. You know, I had a, I had to have a very serious operation and they looked after me. They were wonderful. Yeah. They're, they're dedicated people. They're working really hard, and clearly both hospitals I were in were... were yeah, so I had the similar experience with the heart, too, yeah, a year ago. Yeah. 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 They're overwhelmed. They're every bed full. And, yeah. and working really hard and... Uh, it, it, and going off sick, I would imagine. Yeah, well, did you see the article? Taking a frequency, yep. Yeah, yeah. Did you see the article the other day that they closed Rangiora High School? Yes, on yeah. the second day of term because 39, 39 of their staff had come down with COVID. Um, though this whole testing thing becomes a bit, it seems to me, ritualistic. So you feel you feel you don't feel too good, and and you test. Now I don't know how accurate those tests are. I don't ever bother with them. Uh, and uh, if I've had anything, and there's only been one or two, it's been a day or two. And I thought, well, maybe that was that, but who knows? So that was over. But um, you know, as soon as there's a faint red line or something, it's like everyone's like, nope, not going anywhere in the house. Boom, boom. You know, the risk averse behaviour of that, and also given that I think Waitangi Day was the next day. So, you know, that was possibly four four days straight, you know. Uh, You could be. Could be. But but then, you know, Alan Sugar, you know, Lord Alan Sugar, um, that UK uh, entrepreneur, he just tweeted that uh, he'd had uh, six jabs and he'd come down with COVID, but he, he was seriously ill. Right. Okay. So it's not. It's some people are getting. No, some people are getting hit. I've heard that hit hard. Yeah, and then he said, uh, "Quote: Just imagine what it would have been like if I hadn't had six jabs." (laughs) And I thought, has he never heard of? And um, he's a successful person. Crikey! Has he never heard of sort of vaccine-induced immune deficiency? But anyway, the whole point of taking it was he didn't get it. Yeah. It's it's kind of mad, really, and and. I, I mean, back well, in the day, you get a cold, you feel slightly sniffly, a little bit flu. I'd still go to work. But yeah. Not now, you see? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, again, look, this is all a question of research, but at the moment, it's all no one yep. wants we need to, to know. do any research. People are stonewalling it and pretending it doesn't exist, and the public are not being informed, and that's absolutely key. As long as the media don't inform the public, then they're going to be under all sorts of delusions, and you're still going to get this sort of multitude of tweets which you do threatening the unvaccinated that they should all be hung, drawn and quartered and have their benefits reduced and fired and and, <laughs> and removed from society and so on. <laughs> because people are just full of fear. Yeah. What do they what do they call the, the Darwin Awards? Darwin Awards? I'm not there's sure. A, there's a few um we could nominate for that. Okay, then um there's you might want to make a quick comment on the uh, genetic modification um issue we had um we've had Claire Bleakley from um GE Free New Zealand on the program alerting us Last year, and we'll be talking to her again in the next day or so about um, how the National Party have their biotech plan. They want to end the effective ban on gene editing and gene modification, create a dedicated regulator to ensure safe and ethical use of biotechnology, streamline approvals for trials and use of non-GEGM biotech in line with other OECD countries. Uh, I think the argument is we're missing out, but uh, it's a high-stakes game. So... 
any comments to make on that? Given, yeah, I do. I, you know, we're we're getting submerged with biotechnology without realizing what's happening. Um, yeah, for example, if you try and buy a, uh, a block of cheese with traditional rennet in it, you can't. And it always says, you know, microbial rennet suitable for vegetarians. And yeah, that that sounds really great, doesn't it? it sounds wonderfully ethical. Well, uh, the rennet that's being used, it just takes a couple of drops, really powerful coagulant. It just takes a couple of drops and uh, you're, you know, you get your coagulation of the curds in the, from the milk. And uh, you know who makes it? Tell me. Very familiar company, actually, Pfizer. <laughs> uh, great. Yeah. it doesn't it doesn't make it uh you know it makes it in its biotech vats and we you know our supermarkets are submerged with uh products that are now being produced through biotechnology so there is there is genetic modification that the government wants to open the door to but they already have been opening to the, the door to as much as they can and the the, the the even the introduction of the vaccine, you, you know, it should have fallen foul of Hasno, the noxious, uh, you know, hazardous substances and noxious organisms act. It it should have um, fallen foul of genetic modification. That they decided in consultation with Pfizer that uh, it, it shouldn't be cal- cal- uh, classified as a genetically modified because it couldn't reproduce itself but they just omitted to uh look at the other half of the legislation which is it hazardous uh yeah (laughs) we're we're you know we're being overwhelmed here and yeah there are people like claire who are holding the line trying to hold the line and um uh linda grammer Zelka holding the line, working hard to keep it out because you you just look at places like Mexico that open the door to U.S. firms to plant their crops there, and you know there these the the system that that you end up with is someone else has a a patent stranglehold on your agriculture, yeah, and they can. Yeah, the market for these things is somewhat limited. There are a lot of countries that don't want this stuff, a lot of consumers that don't want this stuff, and you end up making a cheap product. It seems the from what I've gleaned, being dumb guy on the street listening to all these these experts, the thing is it's not about creating useful things, really. It's creating um, um, primarily um, intellectual property that you can sell. That's... Yeah. what the industry is. It's not about, hey, here's something that's going to feed a whole lot of people. It's going to be fantastic and it won't damage anything or whatever. That's not the altruistic goal. The goal is to establish IP that can be sliced and diced and sold and people can make money out of patents that can be applied across all different fields. So those are two different things, aren't they, in the end? Oh, yeah. I mean, that that's the name of the game. You you It's, a, it's monopoly all if you can get a monopoly on something. Yeah. Um, it sounds good to the 
to the at first listen oh you know um yeah of course uh, crops that resist disease and all this sort of stuff and higher yields for the starving and all that but uh and that's kind of all you hear yeah it's like the it's like the let's get back to the rennet because it, you're in if you're eating this uh, microbial rennet present from Pfizer that's in every pretty much every cheese now uh you're eating a a, you know, a powerful coagulant. So if you're having problems with uh, hemorrhoids or blood clots or, yep. um, you know, any kind of coagulant disease, ladies' problems and so on, then uh, perhaps it's a cheese because <laughs> you, you're just putting something in your body that's designed. Yeah, I didn't even know that. I had no clue about that until you mentioned that. Well, yeah, no, well, no one's telling us, are they? And that's just one thing. It, it's it's endless. It, once you start to look into food, you know, it's a it's a nightmare. Yeah, yeah, we want to start a garden, don't we? You know that you remember the old Dutch saying, if you if you want to be happy for a day, get drunk. If you want to be happy for a year, get married. If you want to be happy for the rest of your life, start a garden. <laughs> yeah, and and you know, we we have to start vegetable patches because what we're being sold is is not what granny did. Oh, dear. <laughs> well, let's leave it there, Guy. Good to catch up again. Let's see what happens with the stats. If they're le- releasing information like that through OIAs, that I got to say I'm, I'm surprised that, that that was released, but maybe they were cornered to the point where they had to release it. But we might see more of this, and it sort of keeps building a picture, doesn't well, it? Well, some people must know, mustn't they, in this, uh, you, you know, in this kind of behind the paywall, so to speak, of the health service, there are people who must be extremely worried. And I heard a story the other day of a surgeon, and he, he he's a, um, had a patient in for a transplant, a lung heart transplant, and the, the patient recovered, fortunately, and then uh, on his way out, the surgeon uh, quietly said to him, he said, there's only one thing I want you to do to ensure that you won't ever have to come back here again and see us again. And the guy said, well, what's that? And he said, don't have another COVID booster. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. You would stay on the way out. All right, Guy Hatchard, thanks for coming back on RCR. We'll talk again soon. Thank you so much. You take care now. Good to talk. With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom by simply visiting www.realitycheck.radio forward slash donate to make a difference today.